Good morning. Can everybody hear me? Am I loud enough? All right, just make praise God for that. Not that you can't hear me, but all right. Before I get started this morning, there's one announcement that our announcer forgot to do, so we're gonna have to fire him. Um, uh, Kevin told me to remind everybody: next Sunday we are celebrating our Thanksgiving dinner with dinner on the grounds after service. So bring a covered dish. That's right. And uh, some turkey. I don't know. We got that. Got the turkey? We got three of them Well, we know you're going to be here, but just kidding. That's my attempt at humor this morning. I'll be here with you. So, um, that's two. Larry, Larry number one would be here. Uh, no Sunday school next week. Chris, I knew you were going to love that when I said that, but yes, ma'am. Next Saturday, please pass that around. Gene Bird's uh, in Eden Cemetery next week at 11 a.m. on Saturday. His uh, memorial. Uh, please come out and support that. Look, uh, and I'm like I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I'm I'm throwing them at myself. I believe we have become very lax in supporting families because of COVID. Um. But when someone passes away, and granted, not all the time do we know when, when somebody's having memorial service because some of this stuff has been put off because of COVID. But we need to do a better job as a church, um, reaching out to families, checking on them, and making sure that they're okay. And, and, and when you know something, let the church know so that we can support it. We need to support one, especially, especially during these times. Um, so anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox on that. There's nothing sugar-free this good. I'm gonna tell you that. I know. If you're wondering, I saw the surgeon. I saw the surgeon Friday for my hip, and uh, I will be having surgery as soon as the VA says that they'll pay for it. Um, but I'll, I'll be having an Advent where Brother Howard is uh, having a new hip put in, which means I'll be running here pretty soon. So, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. Um, God is great, and he works everything in his due time. Just remember that. All right, well, we want to get started today because I don't have very much to talk about at all. Hadn't been much gone on this week. Um, but uh, I did get the call this morning. Uh, Brother, Brother Kevin, he called me at 645, I believe it was, uh, and my phone was ringing, and I thought he was playing a joke on me doing the wake-up call thing. So I didn't answer it. I just looked at him like, I ain't answering that. And then uh, when I looked at the phone and picked it up, I saw that Howard had already texted me. So then I called him back and found out what was going on. And um, no, it was not funny anymore. I love Howard like like my own father, and uh, and I know that we all love him and we miss him when he's not here. But God's in control; He's going to have everything under wraps. But having said that, um, did some heavy praying this morning. I have I have things that I've written in the past that I put in my little yellow notebook. I got a bigger notebook at the house. But this morning, I just didn't feel right about taking something that I'd written two months ago to, to bring to you this morning. So I prayed this morning and asked God to give me a message, and this is what He gave me today. Um, and this is straight, hot off the press, so to speak. And this is from the Lord to my heart to you. So I hope that you take it for what God intends it to be, take how God intends it to be taken 
today's message today is as I'm asking a question. How are you living? And it's going to come basically from Galatians 2.20. If you know Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but the life I live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yet not I, but Christ liveth through me, right? In order to answer the question how you're living, we need to answer a couple more questions to find out the root of your life. And the first question under that is, are you saved? Have you been saved by the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, by your faith in the only begotten Son of God? Are you saved? Okay. Only you and God can answer that question. Richie can't answer it. Howard can't answer it. No one in this church can answer that other than you and God. So that's the first question. Are you saved? And remember, we're trying to answer the question how you're living. If you're not saved, then I'm going to tell you, you're going to live as you want to live. You're going to live as the world tells you to live because you're living to please the flesh. You're desiring to do what the flesh tells you to do because you have no sense of holiness, no sense of righteousness, no sense of authority over your life. You have no sense of who God is or what salvation is even all about. But if you are saved, here's the rub now. Here's, here's where it's going to get thick. There should be a noticeable difference in your life. Your salvation should be evident in the life that you now live. Period. It should be evident in how you live. Just like Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life that you now live, that's the key. The life that you now live, if you are saved, if you are a born-again believer in Christ Jesus, if you have that salvation for all eternity, the life that you now live, not the life that you used to live or the life that the world lives, the life that you now live should be based on your faith in Jesus Christ who loved you, and I'm going to say loves you, and gave himself for you. Crucified in Christ. Let me ask you this. Has your old man died? Are you crucified in Christ? Has, has the old person been put away? Is he, is he dead? Have you put off the old man and put on the new? There's a, there's a gospel song that says that the best thing that I ever did was took off the old coat and I put on the new. Have you done that? Because if you're saved, if you're born again, you should have done that. If you're born again, everybody should see that you've done that. It's not a matter of, of well, I accept him, I believe in him, but I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm still going to do what pleases me because I'm saved. It doesn't matter what I do. You better read the whole Bible. 
Read the whole Bible. Don't believe false doctrine from other churches or from other pastors or from, from people who just want to manipulate you to get your butts in their pews. And let me correct that. They don't even have pews anymore. They got cushiony little party seats. You can come in, sit down, and listen to the show that they put on. And I did say that correctly. It's a show. They want to entertain you for an hour and tickle your ears and make you feel good about yourself so when you leave, you'll desire to come back. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not telling you the gospel of Jesus Christ should make you feel dirty and bad and horrible and, and make you want to go commit suicide. The gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't do that to you. But I will say it will prick your heart. It's pricked mine, and it pricks mine on a daily basis. We're going to get to that. Have you put off the old man and put on the new? If you will, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to examine something that Paul instructs us on. Ephesians chapter 4. We're just going to read a few verses. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm still hearing pages turn, which makes me happy. All right. We're going to pick it up at verse 17. Paul says this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth forth walk not as the Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, or lasciviousness, however you want to pronounce that, to work all uncleanness, uncleanliness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, believer, Christian, born again, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Then listen, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. Amen. You put off the old man and you put on the new. Because Christ died for you. And we're going to talk about something here. I'm fixing to step on some toes, probably out in YouTube land, because the people that I probably want to talk to today aren't here. But I'm sure that this message is going to touch everyone's heart as it touched mine this morning. It says, walk not as, as the world walks. Walk not as the world. The world walks in darkness and after the lust of their flesh. That's how the world walks. The Bible tells us that. That's of the world. That's of the king of this world. The power of the air. That's not of Christ. That's not of God. That's of the lust of the flesh. But you and me, a born-again believer, you're a Christian. We don't walk in the flesh. But Paul says, if so, you have not learned Christ. If you've done this, if you're walking in the world or in according to the flesh, you have not learned Christ. Because that's not who Christ is. Christ didn't save you from condemnation so that you can walk in condemnation. Christ didn't save you from sin so that you can waller in sin. Well, we're fixing to get up on preaching here today. I'm telling you, if you belong to Christ, 
walk like it. Period. Walk like it. Talk like it. Oh, yes. Here we go. It's one thing to walk, but then we've got to talk it too, right? You've got to talk it, you've got to walk it. Let no evil communication come out of your mouth, the Bible says. None. Ooh, even during election time. I'm, Liz, I'm preaching. You don't know how many times I had to bite my tongue this week. For the social media gurus out there, you know how many times I had to keep doing this? Just keep thumbing it. Let no evil communication come out of your mouth. If you call yourself a Christian, walk according to the Spirit, not according to the lust of the flesh. If you call yourself a Christian and walk according to the lust of the flesh, you know what you're doing? You crucify Christ every day. You crucify Him. When in fact, you should be dying every day. Not crucifying Christ. Who is it that lives? Is it you and your old selfish ways that are viewed by the world? Or is it Christ that lives in you and through you? As Galatians 2.20 says. When the world sees you, or sees me, or sees us as Christians, as the body of Christ, as the church, they should see Jesus. Period. That's who they should see. That's who they should hear. No more of the world. They shouldn't see that. Why do we do as the heathen do? They have no God. They have no hope. We have a God. We have a Savior in Lord Jesus Christ. We have a blessed hope. We look for that blessed hope. And one day He's coming. And He's coming soon. I'm fixing to get off my notes real quick because I'm going to tell you, I was sitting in Brother Travis's Sunday school this morning. He preached a good... Or preached, he, he did. He taught a good message this morning talking about the persecution of Christians back in the days of the apostles. I'm, I'm walking, okay? i got to walk. Um, Travis talked about the persecution of Christians in the days of the apostles and how they would do what they did for the love of Christ even in the face of sheer death. Even in the face of of persecution, of being stoned, of being beaten, ridiculed, spat upon, and facing the gallows, facing cru uh, uh, crucifixion themselves. Brother Travis, he, he actually pulled off a, and you probably didn't know this, he pulled off a, um, a story from, from the um, internet from 2015, I believe it was from uh, Aleppo, Syria, where people were crucified for their faith in 2015, crucified. They were beheaded and crucified for their faith. They died for their faith. That's a Christian. And I've been telling you for the last year and a half, two years, three years, however long I've been preaching, it's coming here. But it goes in one ear and out the other because it will never happen to us. We're Americans. We're free. We have liberty. 
We have liberty in Christ because our country was founded on Christ. And it would never happen here. But I tell you, when I was in Oklahoma, before I moved back to Florida, this was prior to 2013, a lady was beheaded at her work by an Islamist because she was a Christian. It's coming. But let me tell you, the problem isn't will you die for Christ? The problem is you're not even living for Him. That's how I know people won't per be persecuted for Christ. We're not willing to go to the cross for Christ. We're not willing to pick up the cross because we're not even living for Him. How do I know this? Well, look around. Look around. Pews are empty. Churches are empty. We wonder why an election went the way it went. Don't wonder why. It's not because of the ones who are walking according to the world. It's not because of the ones who are not Christian. It's because of the ones who are. We've dropped the ball. If we are who we say we are, then we should walk as we are who we say we are. Nothing chaps my behind more than people who will profess Christianity. Facebook warriors for Christ. But where are you on Sunday? Where are you on Wednesday? Don't tell me it's COVID. Don't even use that excuse. Because the same Facebook warriors are the ones that are putting it on Facebook, going to the beaches, going to this, going to that, going to the sporting events, going to this, going to that. And I didn't see any masks there either. And I'm not saying this to throw stones at you just to make you feel bad. But like Brother Howard says, if your doorbell's ringing, answer it. And brother, I've had to do some checking in my life. I've had to do a lot of checking in my life. When I first, called, when I first felt that God was calling me to preach, I knew I wasn't in line. I knew I wasn't where I needed to be. And that's no excuse. Don't wait for a call to come behind a pulpit to get your life straight. I say that to my shame. And I speak it to yours today. We all need to walk the walk. Just because you're not behind a pulpit doesn't mean you're not a preacher. You're a preacher of the Word of God if you've been called according to Christ. If you've been saved by His atoning blood, you're a preacher. And that's what we are called to do. And we're called to live by faith in the Son of God who loved you, who loves us, and gave Himself for us. Gave Himself for us. And Brother Travis teaches a good message this morning about the persecution of the apostles. And we talk about it's coming here. And it is coming here. And it's coming a lot faster than you may think. Because the church has dropped the ball. And you might be, well, well I'll, I'll die for Christ. No, you won't. You're not even living for Him. You're not even living for Him. What do I mean by that? Well, you've got you to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. What comes out of your mouth? Let me tell you something. This election time, it didn't just show a, a show. It didn't show the true colors of, of the left. It showed the true colors of the right. 
For four years, I've heard nothing but. They shouldn't act like that. They shouldn't talk like that. They're just jealous. They're angry. They're angry. They're angry. They're bitter. They can't handle it. And then the election happens. Yeah, it's not to my liking. But I'd be doggone if I'm going to act as the world acts. I'm not going to act as the people that you say you shouldn't act like are acting. That's hypocrisy. We should be setting the example, showing them this is how you act. And let me tell you something. I don't care what the election results show. Jesus is still king. God's still in charge. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge of my life. And it doesn't matter what the president, what Congress, what the Supreme Court, or what anybody else says. It matters what this says. It matters what the Bible says. It matters what God has told me. And there is another problem. A lot of Christians today, a lot of professing Christians don't know what God is telling them because they're not reading what God is telling them. I hear people, even people to get behind the pulpit on television. Well, God told me this. God spoke to me and He said this. And then they'll say something contrary to this. That wasn't God speaking to you, knucklehead. That's right. Check your spirits. We have resorted to the things of the world. And we shouldn't be walking in the, the way of the world. Walk as Christ walked. Does that mean we should be happy about things? No, it should, it should fire you up. But it should have fired you up a long time ago so that we're not in this situation. Because you know what happened in the days of the apostles? You know why they faced persecution? Who knows why the apostles faced persecution? Because they preached the Word of God. They didn't just go to church and then go home and kick their feet up and watch a football game. They went to church. They actually edified one another. They motivated one another. They sang praises to the Lord. They learned about His Word because they, they read the Scriptures on the scrolls. And then they went out and they preached what they learned to other people who were without. And other people came to know the Lord, and the Word grew mightily. The church grew mightily. Read the Acts of the Apostles. The church grew mightily, and that's why the Apostles were persecuted. That's why. Oh, if we would get persecuted for the church. Oh, if we would just be willing to be persecuted for the church. But we're not, because you can't be persecuted if you're not living for the church. A lot of us are like, well, I love him, but I'm just going to be over here. I'll come out when it's all over. Will you? I want to read something to you. I know we all know it. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. We all know it. I'm not take too much of your time. I didn't have a message for this morning, so uh, my apologies. Matthew 7. This is a famous... Matthew 7 is famous. Everybody loves Matthew 7 1. So we're going to read a little bit further down. We're going to read like Paul Harvey says. I love Paul Harvey. The rest of the story. Let's look at, uh, these are famous verses. You probably know them by heart. I could paraphrase them, but I don't know it by heart. So we're going to read it from the, from the scripture. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, 
For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. Let me tell you something. Many there means many there. Many. And then he goes on and says, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And listen, and few there be that find it. There's a difference between many and few. You know, as much as it churns my heart to look out and see the church empty, it makes me smile. Because then I know that this church is following the narrow way. This church is preaching the Word of God. This, this church is standing on the truth. But what we do when we leave those doors might be something different. It's not enough just to come to church on Sunday and worship God. We should be bringing our worship with us because we love Him and we do. We love Jesus. I'm not doubting your love for Christ. I'm doubting how, how far we are willing to go for our love for Christ. Are we willing to do what Paul did? Are we willing to do what Peter did? Or John? And if you think that's far off, you need to look around the corner. Because it's coming. Is your faith in man? Or is your faith in God? My faith is in Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. My faith is in the Son of God, who is God in the flesh. I didn't say who was God, who is God. My Redeemer liveth, and He's coming back. He loves us, and He gave Himself for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you believe that, you have everlasting life. If you called upon the name of Jesus and believe it in your heart, and here's the rub, Jesus says, Repent. If you don't repent, you shall perish. Those are Jesus' words, not Richie's. Repent, confess, believe. If you do those things, and repent means to turn from, away from the world, away from the, 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 the lust of the flesh, I can no more go in a bar and get drunk and call myself a professing Christian than the deepest sinner on the face of the planet, than Judas himself. I can't do it. You can't do it. I can no more call myself a professing Christian, oh, how I love Jesus, and then go out and badmouth my brother or my sister or throw stones at somebody. You know, I heard for the last four years, we need to pray for the president. We need to pray for the president. We need to pray for the president. By God, we do. Even if it's not the president we want. How about praying that his heart's touched by Christ? How about praying that God gives him a fleshy heart, not a stony heart? How about God, praying that, that God removes the veil from his eyes, that he may see him in all of his glory and be saved and repent and come to know salvation? And then his decisions will be made likewise. How about praying for our leaders? All of them. I don't like them. I don't have to like them. But I got to love them. And I got to do what God said to do. You don't have to like me. <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't. 
And that's fine. But you have to love me according to the Word of God. And you should pray. I pray for each and every one of you. Jesus gave Himself for you and for me to be reconciled to God the Father so that we could live according to His commandments, not according to our fleshly desires. Let me tell you, there's only one sacrifice. And I'd said it earlier. If, you're walk, if you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're walking according to the world, you're crucifying Him daily. Look at Hebrews 10, 14. Hebrews 10, 14. You, you can turn there if you want to, but it says this. For by one offering hath He perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one offering. There is no more crucifixion of Christ. How many times do you have to crucify Him? How many times do we have to come back to Him? Once. Are you sanctified? You know what sanctified means? It means to be set apart. To be holy. Merriam-Webster, if you want to go that route, says this, to set apart to a sacred purpose. Or check this out. This is, this is Merriam-Webster. A, a, a worldly document, dictionary, says to free from sin. Sanctify. Are you sanctified? Are you free from sin? That doesn't mean that you don't sin. Look, we all come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 tells us that. You and I, we're not perfect. There's only one that was perfect. That's Jesus Christ. The one who saved our soul and who's coming again to call us home and that trumpet is blasted and the voice of the archangel is heard and Jesus says, come up hither then we shall be changed. We shall be caught up in the air and forever shall be with the Lord. Forever shall be with the Lord. Because one man died for us so that we could live for him. I don't understand what they're so hard to get by this. Set apart. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're set apart, if you're sanctified, it's evident. Don't, don't act like people are judging you. You've judged yourself. The life you live in the flesh, Galatians 2.20 says it best, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. That means you're dead. Nevertheless, I live because we're still here. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God. I'm going to walk according to the way He told me to walk. Do I fall short? Yes, I do. Because I'm still struggling with the flesh. You're still struggling with the flesh. We will struggle with this flesh until God calls us home. That's just part of it. But you know what that doesn't mean? That doesn't mean that we just give in to the flesh and say, well, the heck with it. I'm going to come short, so I might as well waller in it. No, sir. If that's you, then you have not the Holy Spirit. Let me just ask you this. What can man do to the sanctified believer in Christ. What can man do to you and me if we're born again? What can he do to us? Doesn't matter who the president is. What, what can he do to us? Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this. Paul says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us 
from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Boy, that's, that's a glorious hope. That's a promise from God. I don't care who the president is. Do I want another? Sure, I'm not going to lie to you. But whoever's sitting in that, that seat up there making rules doesn't dictate whether I go to heaven or not. Doesn't change my salvation. Does not change my salvation. I'm still saved. I'm still going to heaven. I'm still sanctified. Even more so in the face of adversity, in the face of persecution, I should be standing up and praising my God and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because few be there that go, go thereat. Listen, don't worry over the election. Don't worry over it. You are the elect. You are the elect. And there's a brighter day coming for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus says this, Matthew 24, verse 31. Listen to what Jesus says. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. We're going to be gathered up. I'm not worried about this world. Is, do things, are things bad sometimes? Yes. Jesus told you there are going to be trials and tribulation. He said there are, there are trials and tribulation that you will face in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And you are an overcomer because of your faith in Jesus Christ, because you put your faith in Him. Did you put your faith in Him? Do you believe what Jesus tells you? Is this your authority? Do you believe every word is divinely inspired and God-breathed? Do you believe it's infallible and inerrant? Amen. Well, if you do, smile. If you do, walk the walk. Not arrogantly, not haughty, not looking down your nose at sinners, because you are a sinner as well. You're a saved sinner. What we should be doing is walking around confidently with this, our sword, in our hand, saying that Jesus saves. Jesus is the only way. The way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by Him. You don't have to know every word in the Bible, but you've got to know where, it go, where, where to get to it. You've got to know the Bible. Are you part of the elect? If you're part of the elect, act like it. Let it be seen in your life. Let it be heard from your mouth. Smile a little more. Don't be disgruntled. When you're in the checkout line and there's 500 people in front of you and they're all cussing and angry and throwing things, and I hear it. DG's the worst, man. I'm going to tell you that right now. Dollar General, my goodness. Some angry people in there. I don't know why. You get a whole bunch of stuff for like a dollar. It's cheap. That's right. Let it be. It's cheap. That's right. Let it be seen in your life. Let it be heard from your mouth. Let your life be a witness to others. Praise God for that. Why? What are we witness? That we truly believe the Word of God. That we truly believe that we are saved. That we are born again. And it doesn't matter who the president is, who the governor is, who the mayor is. It matters who you are. And who Jesus Christ is. That is why God has called us to be holy, by the way. To be separate. To be sanctified. I'm going to finish with a couple verses, then we're going to end this. It says, according, this is Ephesians 1, verse 4. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
Ephesians 5.27, Paul says that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Are you holy and without blemish? And then, of course, Revelation. Jesus tells us this, Revelation 22.11, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And then he, is, he that is holy, let him be holy still. Are you filthy or are you righteous? It's evident in our life. It's evident in mine, it's evident in yours. We reflect the image of Christ. Or we reflect the image of the world. What is your reflection? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Try to live a life worth the sacrifice of Jesus. You know, I've heard veterans, they have heard a lot of people, and I'm a veteran, so I appreciate it, but I think people are missing the concept. I've heard people say, uh, live a life that is worth the sacrifice of the ones who've given their lives. Okay, I get it. But how about living a life that is worth the sacrifice of the one who gave his life? We all sin and come short of glory. But Christian, we are bought with a price. You've been sanctified by Christ. If so, let us live like it. That's my message for today. I, uh, God put that on my heart at 7.30 <laughs> this morning. Praise God for Him. We need to keep Brother Howard in our prayer. I'm going to tell you right now, we're fixing to sing an invitation hymn. And I ask... I ask you fervently, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart. Look, I'm not up here. I don't know what you think. And quite honestly, I don't care what you think. I'm not up here to put on a show. I'm not up here to do a song and dance. I'm not up here to, to, to make myself look good or to make you look good or, or anything like that. I'm up here to preach the Word of God because that's what He told me to do. I know that for surely. And... Uh, before I say it to you, He has said it to me. Look, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it has cut me to the quick. Some of these churches don't preach. Some of these per churches just preach Matthew 7-1 and John 3-16, which are truth. But there's more to the story, and it all goes together. It's all the Word of God. And we need to learn and grow in the Word of God, in our relationship. If you have a relationship with somebody, you can't grow in that relationship if you're not spending time with one another. If you got married and then never spent any time with your spouse, there's no growth there. First of all, you should have grown before you got married, but that's beside the point. So this is 2020. A lot of people are doing things different. I encourage you today that if you don't know Christ, to give your life to Him because that's the only way to heaven. He gave His life for you. So you can be reconciled, you and I both can be reconciled to God the Father in heaven and have an eternity in glory. He, he did that for us. He loves us that much. That's a glorious thing. That should make your heart just swell. And if you have given your life to Him and you've done something out of line or out of the will of God or perhaps you've, you've stumbled. I've stumbled. Like I stumbled for a long, long time in my life. But the Word of God cut to me. He cut my heart quick. So if that's you, 
you don't have to come down. I would like for you to come down to the altar because Jesus called his disciples publicly. He didn't call them privately. He called them in front of everybody. And straightway they dropped their nets is what the, the Bible says. Straightway they dropped them and followed Jesus. So if you need to do some business with Christ today, come down to the altar. But if, if you feel like you just need to be there, do it there. Christ hears you, whether it's outside of your mouth or in your head. He hears you. He knows your thoughts and the intent of your heart as we sing. Hymn number 366. 366. <laughs> Oh, <coughs> my